Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we are talking about Luke Cage Season 2, Episode 13, They Reminisce Over You. All that right after this. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. So Luke Cage is over, my friend. Season 2 of Luke Cage, we're done with it. And we're too soon. T- yeah, it ended too soon. Uh, we're we're going to talk about it right now. Full spoiler alert for everybody. Um, episode 13. So. All of Luke Cage. What did you think? I was pleasantly surprised. I think it might be the best last episode. Well, except for maybe Jessica Jones. Season 2. I think this might be the, my favorite final episode. Oh, yeah? Um, of the of, of a Netflix show. I don't know. Maybe Punisher Season 2, too. That, that also. Or Punisher Season 1. There's only one of those. Uh, Punisher, the last episode, that was pretty great, too. Yeah. Um, so, but, 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 I don't know. They've, they've had a problem with weak last episodes, and I think this was a strong episode. I don't think it was the best episode. I think they, um... I think they have a habit of finishing their story in episode 12 and making 13 just an epilogue. And I think even this one was that. Yeah, this one was uh, epilogue plus setup for the next season. Right. And I feel like and save your setup, like finish your, I feel like save your, save your final resolution to things for the, for the final episode. I don't know. It just it leaves you, I don't know. I don't know. That, that, this this was just like a weird epilogue for me. Yeah, well, I mean, they kind of uh, they kind of pushed everything toward um, Bushmaster just being crazy, going off the rails, and wanting to kill just literally everybody, and Luke Cage having to like stop him in the streets. They were they were going that direction that that door was open. Yeah, and it seems like could've. they just. They didn't. They were just like, nah. I'm gonna go through this door. And Bushmaster, he just was taken out on a stretcher, basically. Uh, he was. was, he, was I mean, he, he was removed? limping. He was limping on somebody's arm, and they decided to just from having uh, too much of the nightshade. Like, or he's still getting better. I don't. I don't know. I didn't. He's still getting better from that last fight he had with Luke. I, I don't know what the deal is. Yeah, well, it was it was a combination of that last fight with Luke and too much nightshade, so they just kind of decided let's just go back to Jamaica. Wow, that's we definitely definitely another call we made. Well, two major calls we made this episode. Uh, three three episodes ago, I, I said, "How badass would it be if the last shot of Luke Cage is Luke Cage standing under that king painting?" Yep, which yep. was not exactly what they did. He changed out the painting. But yeah, he, well, he they did, still had to get that shot in there. Yeah, well, they didn't fully though. I was kind of disappointed. They they got it from behind, and I was like, "Why don't you?" Turn no, they around? got him standing straight on with it. Really, he was looking notice. down over the club. Maybe it was right it. before they uh, they changed out changed the, the, painting. the painting. See, I didn't think he was uh, facing the camera. Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, they did that, and then, then so we totally called that a couple episodes ago, and that that's a big deal. Um, and the Bushmaster thing, we said. It just seems like Bushmaster is going to burn himself out, you know, like, like he's yeah. not, Luke doesn't even really need to fight him. He's just going to burn out. And he did. He just burned out and left. He didn't even have a final fight. Like Bushmaster was a pretty interesting villain to have a physical battle with. And, and they had a couple, but then they just like let him kind of fizz out, which was weird. Um, 
I mean, they had that last fight, but I didn't. I definitely didn't think that was the last uh, Bushmaster fight. Yeah, and the thing the thing that bothered me most, and I know I said this is one of my favorites, and I'm telling you all the things that bothered me, uh, is that I like what they did. I like putting Luke in that situation, but I didn't feel like it was fully earned. What do you mean? Um, I wish they'd done a little more. They waited till episode twelve to act like the King of Harlem was important. Like, um, in episode 11, Sugar says, Harlem needs a king. And that was kind of out of nowhere, and we didn't even know what he meant by it. We were like, what does he mean? Does he mean a crime boss? Does he... Like, it, it was so out of nowhere that it... They didn't... They could have easily sprinkled this idea throughout the entire season. Instead, they waited till episode 12 to be like, Mariah's gone... Look at the streets are so crazy. I feel like they they inflated a problem so that Luke could be the solution to which I mean, you know, it's it's story writing. You have to create a problem, but like it just it didn't feel natural. It felt very um I wish they'd introduced the idea of like Mariah being a little more like I control these streets. I'm the one that makes them safe, you know. I'm I actually do more than you, Luke. That kind of thing. And yeah. then it would have been a little more earned. Um she didn't really talk about the wall that is built, like the firewall that's built around Harlem. Yeah, no one talked you know, about it by until the Stokes episode name. 12. And I felt like that could have been, they could have introduced that idea earlier. Yeah, at the very least the idea. It did feel a little abrupt in episode 13 where like uh, Mariah goes away and you know she's in jail awaiting trial and like all of a sudden there's just like okay corral shootouts on the street yeah it was abrupt and like i get what they're going for but i but i felt like they just didn't if that's going to be the the final moment that we're supposed to feel like oh it feels eerie and like kind of off-putting to have luke standing under under that under that painting and like Luke is a crime boss now. It just never made sense why he's a crime boss. Like, and the guy kicking him out of uh, Pops, I was like, he's not a member of a gang. He's not doing crimes. He's just deciding to. I guess he. I guess the only thing he's doing is he's sacrificing his his moral absolutism to try to uh, control the crime instead of fight it but they still didn't really make that super clear why why is he out of, why is he kicked out of pops i don't really fully understand why he's kicked out of pops except for he had a conversation with someone and told them they should not do crimes like that's his whole <laughs> thing i think it's just that he's allowing crime to happen elsewhere and he's just gonna be in control of the criminals in a weird way it's like he's kind of almost like Shadowland uh, the Daredevil story of like if I can if I can take over the hand and control where the hand is going then I can keep them from destroying my like my city Hell's Kitchen and like that seems kind of like what he's doing to where like if I can just control these guys and not just take them out and get them all put in jail then I can keep the crime at a minimum I agree that is a possibility of what he's doing. Um, and I do think he did say, like, the only thing we know is that he said, 
you know, we're working, uh, keep crime away from these blocks. Yeah. That's kind of always been his thing is he handles the stuff in his area. He's not an Avenger. He's not in that level. He's handling the stuff on these blocks, trying to keep his community safe. Um, now I I could see if like, they were like, they were about to do something outside of those blocks and he decided they should have, they, if they're going to engineer a problem, they could have at least engineered an, a specific example of why he made a more, a morally ambiguous choice. Like if he had said, I'm not going to bring the defenders to stop you from, I'm not going to alert Danny Rand to your crimes in the financial district because uh, if, as long as you stay out of Harlem, like something like that, like, um, I'm not going to, you know, if he'd made an actual choice that seemed bad, but to me, he just did what he's always done and tried to protect Harlem <laughs> and, and yeah. made it clear that if you come in the neighborhood, you're taking me on. Um, that, and that's always what he's been, uh, just cause he owns the club now. I don't, is that, is that it? And I understand that the idea being that, Mariah thinks she's going to bring him down by making making him have to get involved in the life somehow by owning the club. I don't know. It just they didn't do a good job of explaining exactly what him being a crime boss in quotation marks meant. Like he's the boss of crime. Yeah. I don't know. Like you only get to do crime when I say it's okay. Yeah. Like that's but we didn't. We just didn't see that. We, all we saw was keep keep stu- keep the violence and drugs out of my neighborhood. And if 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 that's successful, I don't see why that's even bad. See, that's exactly the problem, man. You can't see how bad it is. They do. They do a very similar thing. Um, this almost exactly this. In a spoiler alert for Angel. A show that has been, been off the air for many years. Um, in Angel, there is a evil. <laughs> it's super, super great. There's an evil law firm, of course, and that's like the big bad of the show. Is this evil uh. law firm? It's like the overarching villain for five seasons, and oh and, and they always they're always like behind everything, and they're they're always getting like cr- people that are doing. S- some sort of evil, like, demons and stuff. There's, like, this law firm protecting them from litigation and getting caught and stuff. It's super funny um, and just super fun idea. But in the last season, after Angel has... In the fourth season, Angel does a big thing to take them down. And they realize they can't beat Angel, so they welcome him in as their new CEO. (laughs) And then he just... And then he actually is faced with all kinds of, like moral ambiguity because now he has this big corporation to run and he has to make decisions to keep the corporation running while, while trying to keep his moral absolutism at, you know, and his friends start to mistrust him because he's being lured away by the fancy things. Like they do that. I've seen this plot before. It's very, it was, when it was great. It was one of the best seasons, the best season. I'll absolutely say it was the best season, but I I didn't see any of that with Luke or why I didn't see why he took the job. I didn't see like why it's a bad thing that he took the job. Owning a club isn't an evil thing. <laughs> you know, owning an evil law firm is kind of an evil thing. Like 
that was literally you're gonna be you're gonna go in and work for demons and have demons work for you. Like that's that's a little different than, you know, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I always have problems with episode thirteen, but uh, if, if so, somebody is probably going to point out something I missed, or maybe there's maybe there's some dialogue that kind of like fleshes this out a little bit. But as of now, I don't see why why he did what he did because they even had the scene where Mariah offers it to him and he says no, and the next scene he's in the club at the head. <laughs> yep. Well, he was uh, he was at the. The reading of the will. Yeah. And Ben Donovan's like, do you want it? And he's like, no, I think you should burn it to the ground. And then, like, not long after that, he's just running things. Yeah. It, it, which was a little off. It was almost like they cut a scene or something. Like... Yeah. Like, what? what's on the cutting room floor that we missed? Like, like someone, something's about to go down, and the only way he can stop it is to step into the position as club owner, you know? Um... Maybe it's just that as the club owner and, you know, because that's the hill, right? Well, he said, the, um, he said in the last scene, I'm at the center of everything here. Yeah, like, he's basically just painting a target on himself. Like, anybody wants to do anything in Harlem, they got to come here to me, and I'm going to present myself as the target so that they know, right. come here to me if you're going to do anything. But that's only true if that club is the center of crime, it's not true if it's just a club, you know? Like, that club could easily... If he just starts running it legitimately and keeping crime away, there's going to be another club or bar or whatever that becomes the new crime hangout, you know? <laughs> <laughs> You're turning Josie's into something bad, Luke. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, that's my that's my prop beef with this episode. Season was great. Loved it. Liked Bushmaster a lot. Mariah's storyline was super sad. Her death was super sad. Oh, man. No, that was great. Yeah. That was great. Because we got Dr. Nightshade. Oh, is that is that who she is in the comics? Yeah, well, like, I kept hearing Tilda, 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 and it didn't click until she said Tilda Johnson. I was like, wait a minute. No, I've heard that name before. So, you know, mm. quick Google away, and I was like, oh, shit, that's Dr. Nightshade. Gotcha. She's, I mean, she's, in the comic, she's more like uh, robotics and cybernetics and, like, turning people into werewolves that she controls and, like, Weird. doing shit with pheromones and stuff like that. But, I mean, it's it's a little more on the nose to have her dealing strictly with Nightshade, and they just say the name over and over again. Right, but and, and other stuff. I like where they like went. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like her character, and it, it became clear at the end that she not wanted to bring her mother down, but not only that, she wanted the club. When he, yeah, when he, she doesn't yeah. get the club. She 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 walks out of the building. So I think we've got a new a new Stokes villain that we can not deal Johnson. with Johnson. <laughs> the last Stokes is dead. Yeah, feeling we're gonna have a. I don't want to see the exact same storyline with her that she just slowly realizes she's a Stokes and it's inevitable. Um, that would be kind of weird, but you know, we kind of, I feel like a, there always has to be a Stokes at Winterfell, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Nah, that's dumb. What's the club called? Harlem's Paradise. Harlem's Paradise. There always has to be a Stokes at Harlem's Paradise. Nah, Um, just a Stokes at the keyboard that was at Harlem's Paradise that no longer is there. 
Yep, she got to keep the keyboard. She got the keyboard. No money. Woo. No, uh, no Harlem's Paradise. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Did she really have any money to give though? Like in her will? I think. Well, or yeah, she gave would it all, all of her assets be frozen. She gave it all that family, whatever family first organization, <laughs> family um, first foundation. Well, we don't know. She got the money back from, uh, dude. Bushmaster. Bushmaster. She got that money back, and as far as I know, she never had it taken away. Well, I mean, usually whenever somebody is under uh, under investigation for you know insider trading, the SEC freezes your assets. Right, but I don't think she went to jail for that. She went to jail for... Uh... That was one of her charges. Was it? Okay. Yeah, they were reading it. Gotcha. And that was, that was one of her charges was like... You know, yeah, some really did, shady things on the that's, books. That's definitely true. They would have taken they would have taken some some of her money, but yeah, I don't know that she didn't have any money. She might have had that money taken away, that whatever millions of dollars that she made in that deal. Um, yeah. But I'm assuming she has other monies. Maybe who knows? But yeah, so Doctor Nightshades around. Uh, you know, Lee's Lee's this thing in an interesting place. Doctor Nightshades around. Um, Shades is off to jail. Oh yeah, that's right. Cause he didn't read the fine print. God, his his scene, like just laying out in just gruesome detail everything that happened is like it's almost as bad as watching it happen. You yeah. know? Oh, and his, yeah, his just cold demeanor while he lays everything out is pretty rough. And him giggling at certain parts and just like laughing about how people dealt with it and like his lawyer quits in the middle of the yeah like driving his lawyer away like oy yeah cause she found out he like shot up her son or tried to ugh crazy yeah yeah it was the it was the kid that was at Pops when Tone lit uh, lit the place up yeah and that was the kid that Luke shielded Mm mhm so, uh, you got any, like, favorite parts of this season? Favorite parts of this season? Uh, patty cake was pretty good. It was pretty uh, pretty awesome. I thought that the... <laughs> uh, let's see. All of the, like, intense character moments uh, in, this, in this season, like, in episode 9, where... You know, everybody's just kind of hunkered down in the in the safe house yeah, together, the, having to deal base, with each other. The basement episode, um, yeah. I really, oh, in the basement, really yeah. enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that episode with uh, with shades and uh, Comanche, shades and Comanche, and then Luke and Piranha. But more shades and Comanche. They just did a good job, like not just giving them fake sort of character development, but that that scene just really, really good and really touching yeah. and interesting and just weaves the relationship together in a way that you're like, oh, they, they, and I mean, I even loved a scene before that where, um, where they, where they, they're like, they, they say the rivals line again, rivals, we got none. We, yep. Um, yep. I, and that, that, and the smiles on their faces were really interesting. It's like longing for the days of their, like banging in the streets, you know? Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. I meant gang banging. Uh, oh yeah, but but according totally. to Mariah, she she suspe- suspects the other kind as well. Yeah, she she even said "gay for the stay." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's um, it's 
you know, that's mean. Yes. Mariah. Mean old Mariah. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I kind of, like, I kind of shuddered, kind of cringed a bit at Luke holding that guy's arm down in episode 13, like, holding his arm down and, like, breaking his fingers. Oh, yeah. In front of the Italian mob boss lady, Rosalie Carbone. Yeah, that was rough. And I'm like, Luke, this is too far. This is, you're torturing someone and and using it as a direct message to someone else that, like, you're going to do awful things and you can't be stopped from doing these awful things. Like, come on, man. Yeah. This is too far. Yeah, he, he was definitely really brutal in that, that, that entire scene when he when he's going into there he breaks a lot of bones which we don't really um it's it's like uh misty says i know you can just tap him on the head i've seen you do it and he does it a lot right? in this season where he just does a little slap tap that knocks yep. people out um and he decides to instead break a lot of bones and cause a lot of damage so yeah like he sidestepped the one guy and just like stepped on his on his shin and just oh god it looked like one of those awful kickboxing videos where the guy's shin breaks oh gosh whoa yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that a bit. <laughs> I don't like that one bit. Oh man. And ooh, ooh, it just looked so brutal. I, I couldn't I couldn't. It's like Cage, what are you doing, man? Yeah. <sighs> it was rough. But uh but I dug it. Uh this whole season has been good and I do I do I do think they did a somewhat um like I just they focused less on Luke, and so when he ends up in that kind of dark place at the end, uh, I was like, "But why? <laughs> like, what are you doing, Luke? You haven't had that much screen time. Come on, yeah, you've not had enough screen time to, or at least not not enough emotional screen time to make such a large character change as to become a crime boss. Oh um, God! But you know, I guess I guess well, I guess we'll find out what that what that <sighs> means. I don't know. Just remembered one of the most heartbreaking lines that he delivered. What's that? Tell Claire to go home. Yes. Oh. Um, that was rough. Um, and I, I almost, when Claire shows up, I'm almost like, oh, she's going to come in and convince him. I mean, honestly, I would have liked to have seen that scene where he explains to Claire why he's there, you know? Yeah. Because that's what we needed. She's I like, need to know why. Nah. I need to know why he thinks this is what he needs to do. God. I don't know. Maybe Jessica's going to come and just beat some sense into him. It'll definitely make for an interesting Defender season if he is sort of a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had talked about there being a, uh, a Shadowland kind of series or season where you know everybody has to take down Matt Murdock. But think about how bad it would be if they had to take down Luke Cage. Yeah, for sure. None of them have powers that, like, you know, are exactly matched up against his. I mean, yeah. uh, we've, we've seen Jessica fight him pretty well before. It took a shotgun to the face to get him to stop. Yes, it did. And we've and seen I mean, Danny and him fight. Um, Danny clocked him one good, but, like, yeah. but he, Danny he's, has he's to ready be... For him now. Yeah, Danny has to be wiry and, and fluid and, like... You know, knock him off balance and beat the crap out of him there, and and it's only when he lights up his fist that he has like actually enough power to do anything. Sadly, I think Matt Murdock would probably lose. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> much as I love Matt Murdock, I don't think he has much chance against Luke. 
Yep. I mean, he, Bushmaster, he might... Bushmaster answered a question, at least he tried to answer a question, that I've been curious about. What happens if you shoot uh, Luke in the eye? Yeah. He tried to stab him in the eye, and I was like, ah, that was bad. I've been wondering that myself, is like, are his eyes bulletproof? <laughs> Uh, they're not actually, because in Jessica Jones season one, that's where Claire extracted the excess fluid that was building up in his that's brain. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So he is. He is. Does have these a small spot where he can get hurt, and the fact that he walks into a room so boldly, I'd be worried I'm going to lose an eye. <laughs> that's all why those, he squints. All those bullets firing. He doesn't though. <laughs> he like. Yes, he does. He squints so bad when he walks in. He's just like, nope, nope, nope. Not going to get me, but I still got to see. <laughs> and like, I'd do the same thing if I had things on my chest that were exploding. Yeah, I'll have to pay attention to the squinting. I don't know. I don't know if he squints. <laughs> I don't know about that squint. All right, well, guys, super fun season. We're going to be back in a couple of weeks to do a feedback episode. We've already got some feedback in, but keep it coming, keep it coming, keep it coming, and we'll do some feedback um, in just a couple of weeks. I'm leaving for Alaska in like 12 hours. Pretty excited about it. Holy crap. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so uh, thank you so much for checking out this Luke Cage watch with us. Um, we will be back with you very, very soon with lots more to talk about. Um, and uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp is like next week. Yeah. But you're going to have to do the instant cast without me because I will be in Alaska. Maybe yeah, I'll try I'll, that uh, call the phone number thing and just leave a little voicemail about what I think. <laughs> Maybe I'll call our voicemail number. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'll play, your, uh, I'll play your message on the air. Sweet. Uh, <laughs> maybe I can watch the thing in Vancouver or something. Um, it's like, this will be the only time that I don't interrupt you. <laughs> don't talk over each other. Yeah. Um, you should. I'll still probably make comments. Yeah, just make just pause me every three seconds to comment on every sentence. Just Let me really, stop you right there, Matt. Really lose, really make me lose the flow. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I'll pause you in the middle of words. Yeah. Well, guys, um, again... Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com, or call us at 573-CAST-MCU and leave us a voicemail, and we'll play it on the show. I might be doing that myself um, if I can <laughs> get a chance to watch Ant-Man uh, Ant and the Wasp in Alaska. I don't think they have movie theaters there. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a joke. I, I yeah. Know, I know they... Probably do. <laughs> I am going to be. Man. A, I am going to be in a national park. That's what. I, that's mostly what I mean. I know they have movie theaters in the cities, but I'm going to be out in a national park for most of it. Like I know they exist, but I don't think I'll be near. It's one. Just it's hard to find one in the wild. Yeah, the bears don't watch Marvel. Bears are decent. Yeah, they guys. do. Ah, wah wah. Stupid bears. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out. We'll be back next week with more stuff. Uh, peace. Until next time, true believers. Uh-huh.